Well, pastor's away tonight. He'll be back again to start the series on, on Sunday. Uh, Dr. Bob Crosby, uh, many of you know Bob. He's been with us so many times, professor of practical theology over at Southeastern University. He's an author, speaks uh, all over, a, a lot also down in Latin America, just always does a wonderful job. He's going to be sharing in pastor's stead tonight. So, Bob, we appreciate that and appreciate Pam very much as well. Amen. Well, God is so good and so alive in our lives, and it is a blessing to be here with you tonight uh, at Victory. So, let me say a late happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Uh, how many of you have consumed too much food in the last 48 hours? <laughs> uh, you know, God only knows how many turkeys have been sacrificed. And, uh, you know, in all the different ways that we choose to prepare them after Thanksgiving. Uh, I remember a few years ago, my wife told me on Friday after Thanksgiving, tonight we're going to have turkey surprise. <laughs> you know, and that was a little scary to hear that we're going to have turkey surprise. Uh, you know, I knew, I knew what turkey is, you know, I, I'm used to having it at Thanksgiving, but turkey surprise. It sounds a little risky. It uh, sounds like it might require some faith. So she, she put some kind of a pastry together, like a savory pastry. She created this uh, delicious uh, concoction with turkey, and the turkey surprise was just really, really good. Well, I wonder how many of you had any surprises over Thanksgiving. Uh, surprising moments, you know, it's, uh, you never quite know uh, what could occur at Thanksgiving. Uh, after all, we're, we're getting together often with family members, uh, maybe connecting with people that we haven't seen in a while. Well, my family and I took a few days and went up to northern Georgia, up to the Hiawassee area. So I am a grandfather now for a little bit over a year. We have a one-year-old grandson, Ricky. Uh, so I'm enjoying being a granddad. I know you're all thinking, you do not look old enough to be a grandfather. I know that's the thought that's going on in your mind right now, that I just don't look old enough. But I'm a grandfather. Uh, my, my second daughter, Kara, has a little boy, Ricky. And he is like at the cutest stage, like a year, about a year and a half old. So we drove to Atlanta, picked her up and her son. Uh, to, we had a couple of our other children with us. We drove up to the mountains. Well, Ricky is in his car seat right behind me. And I'm driving into Hiawassee. And you know, those of you that have been there, when you come in the area, you go by Lake Chatouge, I believe it is, and there's these beautiful mountains. Well, we're driving into town, we've been on the road a little while, we pull in, and all of a sudden I hear a little voice behind me go, oh, wow. And I turn around and he's looking at this beautiful scene of the lake with the mountains behind him, and he's staring right out the window and he said, oh, wow. Let me tell you, whatever I had to pay to make that trip possible was worth it in that moment. Uh, just to hear that little guy go, oh, wow. One of the, the sad things of adulthood is that sometimes we lose our ability to be amazed, you know, to be in awe, um, the, the ability to, to be aware of amazing things, to be awed, 
to be surprised, to be excited, to be enthusiastic. Uh, I love enthusiasm uh, because I believe enthusiasm is, is a type of passion that we live and that we show in our lives. Well, there was a book that was written years ago that was entitled, Everything I Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And it was a bestseller. Some of you uh, will remember the book. It was by Robert Fulgham. Well, he, he put a few things in there that he said it would be good for us to remember when we're adults. When you leave the room, turn the lights out. You know, conserve energy. Uh, you know, to, to, when you borrow something, to put it back, you know, when you're done. Uh, he also said, flush, remember to flush, which our parents tell us when we're little children. But the one that I will never forget <clears throat> is this one. He said, be aware of wonder. Be aware of wonder. You know, there is something to praise and worship that is connected to wonder and to awe, uh, to allowing ourselves to be impressed with the greatness of God, His creation, who He is. One person said, in our world today, we tend to think big thoughts about people and small thoughts about God. But that we really need to live in a way, and worship helps us live in a way, so that we have realistic thoughts about people and great thoughts about God and who He is. Worship magnifies the greatness of God in our lives. Now, as we move from Thanksgiving into the Christmas season, it is good to allow ourselves to be in awe. Uh, you know, the Bible is loaded with these characters who had to exhibit something in their life that God wanted us to see. If the Bible were given to us as a movie, it would be a movie of all these characters living out this simple thing called faith. Now, when I preached in July on a Sunday evening, uh, I spoke about faith that faces unexpected mountains. But tonight, I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about a faith that helps you live out the dream that God has given you. A faith that helps you live out the dream that God has given you. You know, uh, a number of years ago, I was going to preach a sermon on the moment in the Bible, in the Gospels, called the Annunciation. It is when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, Mary, you are going to bear the Christ child. You know, what a moment. Could you imagine the responsibility if you were an artist of painting that moment? Well, I wanted to use an image behind me as I preached. So I went online. I looked at Annunciation and paintings, and I looked at all of them. So many of them had angels with big wings, you know, and all these people trying to depict what an angel looks like. And then I found one that I was totally caught up with, and it was this painting, this beautiful picture, painted in 1898, uh, the Annunciation. It was painted by an artist named Henry Osawa Tanner. Uh, Henry was African-American, he was, he was black, he was the son 
of an African Methodist Episcopal pastor in Philadelphia. His father was a freeman, a freedman. His mother was the daughter of a slave. And they lived in Philadelphia. His father was also the editor of a, a publication that was put out by the, American, the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Well, his father always wanted Henry to be a pastor. But Henry struggled with uh, speaking in front of groups of people. And so he became a painter. And he traveled the world. There were people that helped to fund his travels because he was so talented. And he went to, to places like Egypt and Palestine. Well, he painted this in 1898. What I love about it is a beautiful way it portrays Mary. And instead of trying to depict what the angel looks like, the angel is depicted as a light that illuminates what Mary is going through. This was a moment to be remembered in Scripture. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's look at this amazing moment in Scripture that I hope will help to frame the way we look at Christmas this year. And it is in Luke 1. Very familiar passage to many of you. Luke 1, verse 26. Uh, if you do not have your Bible with you, you can read it in your pew Bible on page 723. 723. Uh, when you have it, say amen. All right. Uh, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this could be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born of you will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. What a moment in biblical history. What a moment in the life of this young girl, this, this virgin. What a moment in the history of mankind. I want you to, to think about this moment with me a little bit, uh, because I'm pretty sure that Mary, at the very least, in that moment said, oh, wow. <laughs> You know, like my grandson that was behind me when he saw this beautiful view, but to many times multiplied over again and again. Oh, wow. She's in a room. 
The angel Gabriel, sent on assignment by God, appears to you, to her, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored of God. The Lord is with you. Can you imagine what that must have felt like for Mary? Well, you might say she had to be greatly excited and affirmed because the angel said, You're favored. But the Bible says that she was troubled. She was troubled. And I'm pretty sure if an angel showed up in your room tonight, you would be a little troubled. Uh, If you turned around and there's an angel with a message from God for you. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Isn't it interesting how so often we hear biblical characters, especially Jesus, saying, do not be afraid. You know, heaven is standing in front of you, but don't be afraid. He said, don't be afraid. Mary, you found favor with God. God's for you. God is for you. When God says that he wants us to fear him, it's not to be afraid that he's going to hurt you. It's to be in awe of him and his greatness. She said, he said, you're going to be with child. You're going to give birth to a son. You're going to give him the name Jesus. And doesn't every mother love to hear this? Your son's going to be great. Doesn't ever, how many moms you love to hear, your son is great. He's going to be great. But the angel, I'm pretty sure the angels are saying, I mean, really great. (laughs) Your son is going to be so great, his kingdom will never end. So great that he's going to be referred to as the son of God. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And then Mary did something so interesting. She asked a question. How will this be? She questioned God. She questioned God. How will this be? You say that I'm going to bring the Christ child into the world. Well, how will this be? She dared to ask God a question. You know, there's sometimes in marriages, there's sometimes, you know, where I've said something to my wife and say, here's something I really want to do, and I believe we can do it. And if she says, but how are we going to do this? Sometimes I can say, well, just trust me. It's going to be all right. (laughs) But she wants me to patiently explain to her how this could, could happen. So Mary says, how will this be? And the angel says, shut up and listen. Woman. No, no, that's not what the angel does. This angel is a great exemplar for husbands in marriages. This angel says, the Spirit of God's going to come upon you. What a moment this is going to be. God's going to overshadow you. He's going to do something amazing through you because you're favored of God. He's got his hand on you. I love this story. There's something in here that can help you and me in our faith. There's something in here that can help you and me in living out what God has called us to do because I believe in his own way. He's put a light in your room. He's turned a light on in your room. And he said, there's something I want you to do. There's something I want you to do for me. And God has sent me to tell you that you're to do this. That you have been made to do this. You have been called to do this. You have been designed to do this. And God is going to help you do this. Let's look at the dialogue. Let's look at the dialogue a little closer. Because just to, to look at the words that were shared will help us. 
Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Let's go back to that. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. The confidence that God is with you. The angel said to Mary, God is with you. If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, with our God, we can do valiant things. Your faith, I said this summer when I was here, is not as strong as you are. It's as strong as God is. Because you didn't make it. God made it. God has given you the measure of faith. It's a miracle seed he's put in you. And you and I are stewards of our faith. He puts within us that that unction to believe him. When God says, I'm going to do something through you, instead of doubting and fearing and pulling away, Mary inquired, Lord, just tell me how. Give me a little bit of insight into how this could happen. The Lord is with you. You know, there are many different views of Mary. There are some parts of Christianity, Christendom, that overemphasize Mary. You know, that that put too much of an emphasis on Mary. Do you know that there's even been talk in some uh, parts of the Christian faith of changing the Trinity to a quadrant and adding Mary to the Trinity? Oh yeah, there's been serious talk about that. Some, you know, would say, well, we need to pray to Mary. You know, we need to, to lionize her and iconize her. But then there are other parts of the church that overlook Mary, that, that don't give enough attention to her because the Bible said that she would be called blessed through all generations. You know what I personally believe, and don't quote me or Pastor Wayne or Pastor Dan or Victory on this, but I think it just may be that Mary is a good model of sort of an Abraham of the New Testament. You know, the Old Testament, God told Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And he was old. And God gave him a son. In the New Testament, he told Mary, I'm going to give you a son. And she was young. But God said, don't worry. You have a relative who's really old. She's going to have a son. With God, anything is possible. Just believe. Just believe. Just trust. And watch what God will do. So we need to have a healthy view of Mary. Mary is a great example for us in our faith. You know, as you go into Christmas and you see images, nativity scenes, you see Mary, you, you hear the song again, Mary, did you know? And different, different things that will remind you of Mary. Think about Mary's faith. Think about it. The angel said, don't be frightened, Mary, for God has decided to bless you. Do you know that you and I are sitting here tonight as the recipients of the blessing of Abraham? God told Abraham when he believed him and trusted him, he said, Abraham, look up at the stars of the skies. I'm going to multiply you like that. Look at the sands of the beach. I'm going to multiply you like that. I'm going to make you not into a few people, into nations. And through Jesus, you and I are experiencing that blessing today. And what is the blessing? I'll tell you exactly what the Old Testament says. It says you will be blessed. Not only blessed, you'll be so blessed that you'll be a blessing to others. 
And listen to this, you'll be so blessed that you will be a blessing to the families of the nations of the earth. Do you think the families of the nations of the earth need blessing? Are there problems in families today? Is there a crisis in the family today? Is there division in families today? Is there dysfunction in families today? Families need the church to rise up and be the church. Family needs church men and churches to be the best husbands and fathers. Women in churches to be the best wives and moms. Not perfect, but diligent. Diligent, devoted, prayerful. Don't be frightened, Mary. God's decided to bless you. He's going to bless you. The angel said that Christ was coming. We're in, in the calendar of Christianity. We're in a season called Advent. And there are three aspects to Advent. One is to celebrate that Jesus has come into the world as a little baby. Another is to celebrate that he wants to come into your life and mine. That he wants, you know, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings sing. Oh, come to us, abide with us. Our God, Emmanuel, come and live within us. But then we also look to the second coming of Jesus that he's going to come back for his church, that he's gone to prepare a place for you and me. I love what Dick Foth says. He says, Jesus says this, I'm going to leave my place. I'm going to come to your place. I'm going to take your place. And then we're going to go back to my place. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to leave my place. I'm going to come to your place. I'm going to take your place. And then we're going to go back to my place. <laughs> you know, the gospel, you could, you could preach that in kids' church. That's the gospel. God with us. Jesus coming for us, bringing us to himself, helping us to live his life, to win others to him, and then bringing us back to that place. You'll become pregnant, and you'll have a son. And you're to name him Jesus. You're going to become pregnant. You know, there's something about a vision that God puts within you that is akin to a spiritual pregnancy. You know, God puts within you a dream, and that dream begins to grow. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. God has put something within you to do, and you've seen a partial fruition of it. Some of you have seen a lot of it. Some of you are yet to take those early steps with it. But God has put something on your heart to do for him. And so many of you live that out here through multiple ministries in this community. When I was driving in a little bit earlier, I was just thanking God, thinking about the impact that you have on this community for the glory of God. The grace that is upon this church is exciting. And I hear it all over Lakeland in so many different ways. And it is a blessing. And it's, uh, it's wonderful to see how God is using you, your pastors, your, your, this church in serving God. You'll become pregnant. You're going to have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. And he will be great, very great. And he will reign, and his kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked the question, but how? I'm a virgin. You know, God comes to you and to me. I remember as a teenager, I was 16 years old. I was fairly introverted, and I remember at an altar praying when I sensed God calling me to preach the gospel. 
And I still remember inside of me saying, thinking like, oh no. Are you talking about getting up in front of people repeatedly? And, I'm, and I can remember in my heart sort of arguing with God, sort of feeling excited, but sort of arguing, God, I don't think I'm, I have the personality for that. I don't, and then I started reading about Moses. <laughs> you know, God, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to be able to speak well enough to do this. And you don't argue with God. The callings of God, he's pretty determined about those. He has a way, he's very patient, very diligent. So I remember, Lord, how? How will this happen? I'm not the student body president in my high school. You know, I'm, I'm doing the things that I'm doing, but I feel this call that's bigger than me in my heart. Others of you, you've had times you've been in a church service and the Lord has prompted you to go on a short-term mission trip or to serve the poor in this area through the Dream Center or to use your gifts in children's ministry or youth ministry or as an usher or a greeter here at Victory, serving people in all kinds of different ways. And you, you've immediately said, but Lord, how? I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that well. How? And I love it because... Because when we ask how, just like Mary said how, the deep question, the angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. Which, what does that say? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God with us. God with you is much more than you. Amen. Amen. God with you as much. Now, I, I want to affirm you because I'm sure that all, I know some of you, but I'm, I'm sure that all of you are wonderful. But I have to tell you, God with you is much more than you. Amen. And I've learned only in too many difficult ways how little I am without Jesus. Amen. I'm not much without Jesus. <laughs> I'm not very impressive without Jesus. But with Jesus, nothing is impossible. Jesus wants you to know that he will overshadow you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. God would do what you say you cannot do. You remember Paul talked about it. Paul said, I'm going to boast about my strengths because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. God's strength is made perfect in my what? Weakness. So I'm going to submit to God. So, the angel speaks to Mary. The angel speaks to you. And in the, the words of this angel, the Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you so that that thing that is born of you is born of God. So that people say, look at what God has done. Some of you have sons and daughters that you're praying for and you're very concerned about. And you don't know how they're going to make it. You don't know how they're going to, to be able to, to stand up and be what you believe they're supposed to be. Believe. Believe God. For with God, all things are possible. That the Spirit would overshadow them. That the Spirit would work within them and do a great work in and through Him for the glory of God. You know, I remember when I was uh, an associate pastor at a church in Ohio, and we were going to do an outreach in the community, and there was a man there that was a jet engine mechanic for Delta in Ohio, 
And he's sitting at the table, and he's sort of one of those guys that you would, you would look at, and he's very quiet. You didn't think he was going to contribute much. Now, all of a sudden, he raised his hand, and he said, I'm, I've got an idea related to this. And the more I began to talk to this, this man, John, I found out that he had started a little ministry that had really begun to grow in an amazing way. It hit him one day that there are many people in Dayton, Ohio, that were under-resourced, and that there were many restaurants and companies that were throwing perfectly good food out every day. Many of them do it, and it hit him. He thought, I wonder if somebody could get a hold of that food while it's still good and get it to the under-resourced in our community, to shelters and uh, feeding centers and other places, clothing centers in the area. So he said, you know what I could do during my off hours? I could just get a, a used van, and I'll build some friendships, and I'll pick those up, and I'll take them to the places where they can be used. So John started doing that. He had a van, and then a friend heard about it. He said, I want to do that. He said, tell you what, I'm going to leave the keys under the mat at my house. So we'll be on shifts. When you get time off, you'll be picking stuff up from Panera Bread and other places and taking it you know, to the shelters. And then I'll do that as well. The last I talked to John, he had about seven vans and delivered 200 tons of food a year. 200 tons of food. The Lord is with you. He wants to use you. He's chosen to bless you. But how? How can you use me, God? The Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. You know, I believe God even loves to inspire our strategic thinking to come up with ways to serve His people and His purposes. All of this led to a moment. Mary said, how would this possibly happen? And the angel patiently answered, the Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And then what did Mary say? I am the Lord's servant. Be it unto me, even as you have said. I am the servant of the Lord. I realize that my identity is to serve God. May it be to me as you have said, Lord, I want to work with what you're trying to work in and through me. I'm going to work with you. So she surrendered. Mary is a beautiful example in that moment of saying, Lord, it's sort of like, it's sort of like she held onto her seat and said, all right, Lord, here we go. Here we go. God had an incredible assignment for Mary. And in this portrait that was painted by Henry Tanner, that was probably one of the, well, it really was the portrait that he painted when he had moved to France because there was so much racial tension that he felt in the United States. And in Paris, he was very accepted. This was the, the painting that opened up doors and was bought by the Philadelphia Art Museum. It was his first painting that was put in an American art museum. And doors began to open up. And really, Henry Tanner became the, the first internationally acclaimed African-American painter. And he had an incredible story to his life that I followed for a while. But this moment caught him. This incredible moment when a light appeared in a young lady's room and a plan that God had for her emerged. And it was spoken over her life. And she questioned and said, God, how? How? Some of you here tonight... There is a dream, a vision that God has put in your life. It's a dream for you. For some of you, it's for your children. Something you sense that God wants to do through them. 
and he's given you a hope. You've held on to it. There are mothers here that have prayed and believed God. There are wives and husbands and fathers that have prayed. There are grandparents here that have prayed and believed God, and you've trusted him. And the enemy has tried to make you doubt. And you've said how, and you've wondered how. The enemy has tried to make you doubt. But the Spirit would want you to hear, with God, nothing is impossible. Continue to believe. Continue to hope. Continue to trust. Because it's the Spirit that will complete the work that the angel promised to Mary. The angel was born through Mary. I'm sorry, the, Jesus was born through Mary, and the angel's message brought this. Jesus wants to be born through you and me today. The old hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem, one of the lines says, and I love this, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and the fears. What are your hopes and fears? For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all around. Christ is born of Mary. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you for this wonderful moment that revealed the beautiful faith that you gave Mary. A faith that was not without a question or two, but a faith nonetheless that you had clearly put within her. And in the, the challenge of her, her humanity in the midst of a divine opportunity and mission, you worked your will within her and we got to see it. The whole world has gotten to behold this moment through the words recorded by Luke in his gospel. And Lord, we praise you for it because in our own lives, we feel that you have spoken a word over us and that you have called us to have Christ born through us and through the works that we do. Paul even said, it is Christ in you that is the hope of glory. It is Christ in you. Some of you are here tonight and you, you feel a distance in your relationship and you, you know in your life that you need Jesus to live through you, to, to dwell in you. But there are challenges that are overwhelming around you. Struggles that seem to keep pushing God out of your life. And you want him to be the center of your life, to be first within you. Well, Jesus paid a price on the cross out of his desperation to draw near to you and to give you a deep and abiding relationship with God that affects your life in beautiful and powerful ways every day. If you're here and you need a closer walk with God, you need Jesus fully living in your life, and you sense him calling you to draw closer tonight, I would be blessed to pray for you. I would ask you just to raise your hand right where you are. Just raise it up. Amen. Amen. Just put it right up and then right back down. Amen. A number of you scattered about. Then you put it right back down. Jesus is here tonight. He's calling you to himself. Calling you to himself. In a moment, we're going to open these altars and they're altar workers that would be blessed to pray with you and for you. But I also believe that I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, is there a light that's come into your room? Is there a light that's come in? Is there a touch of God that has said, there's something I want to do through you or something I want to do through a member of your family and they're on your heart tonight.
So your prayer tonight will be about that call of God, that responsibility that he's calling you to. And you've said, but Lord, I don't know that I could do that. But you sense so strongly that he wants to do this through you. I'm going to ask you not only to just raise your hand, but would you just stand to your feet where you are? I want to pray for you. There's a light that I believe God wants me to respond to, a light of his direction and his calling, a vision that he's put out over my life, and I want to be faithful to it. But there's a struggle, and I'm going to wait just a moment. A number of you have stood, but I believe some, I want to wait just a moment, because that struggle that says, no, you can't do this, let me remind you, it's the spirit that will overshadow you. The Spirit of God that will work through you. Some more are standing. Just stand. Yes, you feel that struggle in your heart. And that's because Jesus wants to live through this. He wants to work through this. I'm going to invite all of you and all of you that raised your hand. In just a moment, we're all going to stand. And all of you that are standing now and that raised your hand a moment ago, I'm going to invite you to just come to the front and let's just take a few minutes just to have someone pray for you. We'd be so blessed just to pray for you. And I'd like to say a prayer over all of you and what God is doing. So let's just come. Let's all stand together. And as we're standing, all of you come. Let's draw close to God in these moments, close to him, responding to, to his word. The Lord is with you. The Lord has chosen to bless you. He is with you. As surely as he spoke to Mary, he's speaking to you tonight. It's his spirit and you can trust him. Let's come and let's take a moment to pray and then I'm going to come back up and just close this time in prayer.
Amen. Lord, we praise you that you are here tonight, that the spirit that spoke to Mary through the angel Gabriel, that said that the spirit's gonna overshadow you, the power of the Most High is gonna come upon you, that tonight over each life, over all that you've called us to do and over who you've called us to be, over the Jesus that you've called us to bring into our world, into our family, through our behavior, through our faithfulness, our surrender. Lord, we ask that you would affirm, that you would build up, that you would hold up, and that you would pour your spirit out so that our walk with you is renewed, our life with you is renewed. Now, Lord, we wanna pray a prayer tonight to just invite you to come into our hearts, to invite you to live through us in an even greater way by your Spirit. So I'm gonna invite all of us here tonight just to repeat a simple prayer right after me. If you would, write out loud, Dear God, I need you. I long to have Jesus living fully in me. Lord, I believe that there is a light that you are bringing into my life the light of your word, of your call. And I want to be fully obedient. So I am the servant of the Lord. May it be unto me as you have said. Jesus, live in my life. Minister through my life. Let Christ be born through me today. And live through me again and again and again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, there's something about Mary, something about her faith, something about the way God gave her that seed of faith and she used it that has brought a whole new view in my life to that story where the Spirit comes and says, Jesus wants to live through you. And we say, but how? How could that possibly be? And the, the Lord says, the Spirit's gonna come. The power of the Most High is gonna overshadow you. It's not about you. It's about you with me and me working through you and in you. For with God, you hear that? For with God, nothing is impossible. All things are possible. Without God, that's not true. But with Him, it's true. So what I want you to do just before you leave tonight is to turn to someone and I want you to emphasize a word in this line. I want you to turn to them and say, have a very Merry Christmas. You know what I'm saying. Turn to someone and say, have a very Merry Christmas. God bless you.